Hi, everybody. It's Chad and Davi back with the Base Firma Brazil Transfer Pricing Podcast, covering everything you need to know about the alignment between Brazilian and OECD transfer pricing standards. We've been out the last couple of weeks in the market uh, in Brazil on roadshows, uh, talking to industry and uh, resident experts and transfer pricing across Brazil. Uh, we've been soliciting some great feedback. We're super excited to bring you today's episode covering intangible transactions under the new Brazilian transfer pricing rules. So let's move on to our topic for today. Uh, it's one of my favorites personally and uh, a relatively new one for Brazil for reasons that we'll get into. So Davi, let's start off at the basics of, of intangible transactions as has historically been the case for Brazilian transfer pricing. Uh, really not a concept, right? Uh, we've got these, you know, kind of four pillars of transactional types under OECD and US standards of tangible services, intangible financial transactions, right? Noticeably missing in historical Brazilian legislation has been any real coherent uh, policy uh, by the Brazilian tax authorities around the pricing of intangible transactions. It's always been kind of conflated with the idea of service provisions. So can you give us a little bit of a historical background as to why that was the case and why Brazil never really saw fit to introduce intangible regulations in their transfer pricing uh, legislation? Yeah, I, lo I love backgrounds in Brazil. And as you are an specialist in intangible transactions and transfer price, I'm not because we have never uh, analyzed intangible transactions based on the current and the old Brazilian transfer pricing rules, let's say like that. Our rule was established back in 96 and makes some reference about the intangibles, but just to make sure that the transfer pricing rules are not applicable to that. As you mentioned in the US, you have these four pillars for transfer pricing and in Brazil we only had three. That was the important export of tangible transactions, of tangible products, services, and financial transactions with related parts. That was basically loans and the interest that would raise from, from those transactions. The intangibles was not uh, even accessed by the Brazilian, by the old rules. The rules that regulates uh, intangibles in Brazil is back from 64. And it is a law that it was really different from other countries as well. It has this restricted limit of deductibility in Brazil of how much the companies could pay for those intangibles that we charged for by, for, to the Brazilian entities, to the Brazilian multinationals. And there is a specific regulation to that. And an institute that defines, that is regulated by the Minister of Economics in Brazil, that defines which are the limits for those in hired uh, payments. And that was something that always create a huge problem for the multinationals in Brazil. And most of them didn't even charge because the limits are so tight. So the limit in Brazil is from zero to 5% actually. And this limitation depends on which are the royalties, which type of royalties are you dealing with? If it is a trademark, if it is only um, technical knowledge that you apply on your production, if it is something that will create more facilities as you can sell the products like the, the marketing or any other functions that would create opportunities for improving the marketing in Brazil. All of those transactions should be analyzed. 
And for products itself, there is the INPI, that is this regulatory agency in Brazil that defines the margin for each line of product. And depending on the application, you will receive this percentage that you can apply on those transactions based on your revenue from the, from the sales of this product. That limits a lot because uh, it's a black box. You don't know which are the percentages that will come up from this analysis of the NPI. And this analysis takes a long time five years, six years, and the companies doesn't even have the registry of the, the product to have the final definition of what, what are the limits to, to make those payments in Brazil. So that was the main point that Brazil needed to address based on the new rule, uh, that is the royalties. Now it is incorporated. So it was treated apart from transfer prices. So in my 19 years experience in Brazil working with transfer pricing, I have never dealt with the intangible transactions in the transfer pricing rules. So that was something completely new for the Brazilian taxpayers now. Interesting. And Davi, I think you're hitting on kind of a topic I, I find really interesting is that, you know, the lack of guidance on intangible transfer pricing is really only the tip of the iceberg in terms of the headaches that it caused taxpayers, right? You mentioned the limits on deductibility for different types of royalties, the need to break out royalty payments into constituent parts. I, I think one of the other issues that you, you've already kind of uh, alluded to already, but I'd like to dive deeper into is this domestic Brazilian kind of patchwork of uh, treatment of royalties. Right. So when a taxpayer was brave enough to try to get royalty payments out of Brazil at the federal, at the state, at the local level, those royalties were seen in different ways and treated in different ways. I'm wondering, Davi, can we expect relief for taxpayers or some more clarity or more streamlined approach to royalty payments with the adoption of the OECD standards? Or do we expect these differences to persist? <laughs> I think that different interpretations from the state, city, municipality, and the federal government is expected once more because uh, for softwares, for example, softwares doesn't need the register on the INPI, but every part of the state was fighting for the, its part of the revenue. So the municipality thinks that the, like a software license is a service. So it charges the Brazilian ISS, the municipal ISS. The state thinks that is a product and subject to the VAT. And the Receita Federal thinks that is a royalty subjected to all this analysis that was based on this legislation of the 64th. So that was something that I don't think that was addressed already in our transfer pricing rule in this new provisional measure. We do now have the figure of the arm's length approach to understand and to document the hard transactions, but I still think that we will have these discussions for a while when we do have this kind of different interpretations for the organs in, in Brazil, for the municipality to the states and to Receita Federal. I do think that we still have uh, a path to follow, <laughs> to define which are the, the best way and the best mode to avoid those controversies. I think it's an important point to mention. It's a reason to uh, curb the initial enthusiasm. It's very similar here in the United States, right? Mm -hmm. Federal law can you know, get us 
a long way towards, you know, uh, a common strategy or a common goal. But there is a significant in Brazil and the United States, a significant federal component of, you know, the states and local authorities setting their own direction, their own policies. So we can expect that to continue in some degree, hopefully a little bit lighter than it has been in the past. Davi, I want to move in onto a few other lenses of intangible transfer pricing in Brazil that I have heard from various industry practitioners are, you know, areas of concern moving forward. So We've talked on previous episodes about this propensity, especially for foreign headquartered multinationals uh, from the Brazilian perspective. So, you know, let's say a U.S. headquartered multinational with operations in Brazil about this propensity to treat, you know, Brazilian legal entities as a transfer pricing island, quote unquote, right? To leave them out of intangible transfer pricing strategies and structures, right? To leave Brazil kind of on its own. A lot of taxpayers are looking forward to this new alignment because they can start to bring in the Brazilian legal entities into their global transfer pricing structures. Do you have some notes of caution to taxpayers who are working to integrate Brazil into their global transfer pricing policy, given this legacy of you know what really could be seen as local IP, either commercial or technology, depending on what types of operations are at those Brazilian uh, legal entities? seen by the Brazilian tax authorities as, you know, a buildup of historical legacy IP. Yeah, I do understand that the Brazilian taxpayers have a lot to, to work on this following month. Because since Brazil took a part of those discussions of intangible transactions of what are the, the intangibles that belongs to Brazil or uh, what are the intangibles that Brazil is consuming from abroad that is not being paid. And these discussions was not even uh, put on the table in Brazil because of the previous legislation did not consider that. Now the Brazilian taxpayers will need to be educated on that. They will need to start learning and to understand on their house what they are doing nowadays that could be seen as a Transfer pricing transaction as a covered transaction based on this intangible uh, rule now, because since they are never seen these transactions before, since they are never discovered which word would be the best way to remunerate it if they need to be remunerated or if the, it was just so difficult to charge those uh, intangibles to Brazil, Brazil has never try to look on that and see if there is any activity that is performed here in Brazil that should be charged abroad or if Brazil is paying or should be paying the, the right amount to, to those transactions. So I think that is really necessary to take a deep look on their transactions, this understanding of which are the transactions that will be covered by the new transfer pricing rules to understand what will be the impacts to the early adoption in 2023 and to be aware of the necessity to comply in 2024 forwards when the rule will be mandatory. Yeah, Davi, I think that's a great point. And I think you know we, we always talk about the alignment as something that adds certainty for taxpayers. And I think this is actually a case where to some extent, it could push in the opposite direction for the exact reasons you mentioned that this really just hasn't been on the radar of the Brazilian tax authorities before. And, you know, using the example, you know, a real life example from one of our clients, U.S. headquartered uh, technical manufacturing company that's 
typically charged uh, technology license or royalties to its affiliates around the world, except for Brazil. Narrative has always been, well, we don't charge Brazil because they have a unique local market. They have unique local operations. Royalty is really not as appropriate for Brazil as it is for everyone else. This client is super excited because they want to start charging that royalty into Brazil. I think that's great from a, a tax perspective or a narrow lens of the tax and transfer pricing perspective, right? But it can really be a, a dangerous territory when you consider the broader context of, hey, look, for 15, 20 years, you've never been charging this royalty and you've crafted a narrative that specifically gets around that royalty, whether that's for facts and circumstances or whether that's due, you know, maybe in part or a large part due to the non-deductibility that's an area where just switching over from a, a transfer pricing implementation uh, standpoint is not going to be enough. Finding any business case you know that exists for making that change is really going to be important. Davi, switching tax, another question that I've really been hearing a lot from US and European headquartered companies is, do we expect there's going to be any sort of carve-outs or different treatments of intangibles in Brazil? Like We see this a lot in other Latin American countries, right? General adoption and application of the OECD standards, but certain carve-outs as, as relates to deductibility, the treatment of royalties, the ability to charge for different types of royalties, things that have existed for a long time in Brazil. Do we expect carve-outs from the Brazilian tax authority? on things like, for example, IP cost-sharing arrangements, which is a, a big planning idea for a lot of clients right now as they move to integrate. Actually, cost-sharing is considered, I don't know if it's a unique structure for the IT itself would be normatized by Receita Federal. And from what we do know now as a fact, we do have three different types of intangible transactions that was considered into the provisional measure. That was the intangible itself. And the definition that they put is the asset that not being a tangible or financial asset is likely to be held or controlled for use in commercial activities and whose or user transfer would be remunerated if the transaction occurs between unrelated parties. Regardless, whatever is subject, is subject to registration, legal protection, or to be characterized and recognized as an asset or intangible asset for account purpose is the classic definition of intangible. The second would be the intangible asset difficult to value. There are the intangible assets for which it's not possible to identify realable comparables at the time of their transfer between the related parties and the projections of future income or cash flows or the assumption used for their assessment are highly uncertain. So there are two intangibles itself, intangibles and intangibles assets to difficult to value that I think that covers most of the other kind of type of transactions of type of arrangements. And the third one are relevant functions performed in relation to the intangible activities related to the development, improvement, maintenance, protection, or exploitation of the intangible. That are the three cases that was defined in the provisional measure. And we think that will be a lot of normative instructions issued by the Receita Federal to address and to give more flavor to this intangible part, because we only have four articles in the full document. And we know that this is 
tricky, the part that is that you have more difficult to understand which are the limits different from the, the model that we are using with these fixed margins, with these mathematical formulas. This is complete mm. economics. This is complete valuation. So I think that the Receita Federal will have a hard work to regulate all this stuff. Exactly right. Thanks for that, Davi. I want to wrap up today by asking you, Davi, is there anything on your mind that's kind of a new entrant into expertise in intangible transactions, right? Is there anything on your mind as a Brazilian transfer pricing expert that you're curious about or that you are are nervous about uh, questions that you have for me in <laughs> terms of how the OECD <laughs> guidelines, U.S. regulations treat intangibles? No, questions is all that the Brazilian professionals, the Brazilian taxpayers have. I would like to hear from you. What do you think that will be the, the biggest challenges by this adoption by the Brazilian multinationals? So nowadays, we know that most of the U.S. companies has a hard time to work with Brazil on this session. But what are the main challenges and opportunities that you see come, that comes from this new legislation? Absolutely, Davi. Yeah, I think the challenges we've discussed a little bit in terms of what I see as the biggest challenge. Ironically, I don't think it's going to be the implementation. The implementation is going to be complicated, but I think, you know, the planning and structuring, even the operational transfer pricing can be managed. What I think is really going to be a challenge for companies is the qualitative aspect, the assessment of DIMPI functions, doing functional interviews for entities that have really never thought about transfer pricing in that way, right? And crafting a consistent narrative that fits into the global transfer pricing narrative in your documentation, in your master file, right? There's going to be this tendency, like we talked about, to just change policies and not really think about the the qualitative aspects, right? And I think we really run the risk, you know, of kind of a sequel to the 3M case, right? 3M just got a very unfavorable ruling that basically the IRS is saying, look, you cannot design your transfer pricing around Brazilian transfer pricing rules, right? You can't design your global policy to accommodate global transfer pricing rules. The same thing is going to be applied on a look back basis, right? So the IRS is not going to be very sympathetic to companies that change their transfer pricing policies, start charging royalties, for example, out of the US into Brazil, and we're not you know, charging those royalties in the past where no business circumstances had changed. Figuring out you know, the confluence of the policy and the narrative is going to be extremely challenging, and it should be started already. Even if you're not going to implement until 2024, it should be started now. I think that's the biggest challenge. You know, there's tons of other challenges that you know, I would love to to speak with anyone listening or any of the the industry folks tuning into this this podcast. We don't have time today, unfortunately. Opportunities, on the other hand, are also you know at least offsetting. Right? There's going to be from a, a cash tax management perspective, unprecedented opportunity to realign your 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 cash management goals across multinational operations right there's going to be better certainty in terms of deductibility uh there's going to be utilization of the foreign tax credit presumably starting in 2024 in the US uh where that had been taken away for Brazil in the past and really just the, the administrative burden right of not having to maintain basically parallel universes of transfer pricing for Brazil and the rest of the world uh, obviously a huge opportunity. Davi, answer your question fair enough or uh, anything else? 
Well, I think that's it. We don't have much time today. We still need some regulation, some position from Receita Federal to avoid uh, unnecessary surprises in the future. Absolutely. And, and Davi, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't plug a, a service that Base Firma is offering, right? Part of our ear to the ground in terms of what folks in industry are focused on as part of our meetings and roadshows that we've already held as, you know, as part of this overall effort and push to get ahead of the alignment and changes that we're expecting in Brazil. We're offering a service that's very, you know, simply put a feasibility assessment, not only looking at the applicability or the benefit to individual taxpayers fact patterns of whether they might want to adopt these optional policy changes in fiscal 23 defer to 24 right so kind of dry runs mock-ups uh davi i wanted to give you the chance to add anything in terms of these assessments that we're doing and offering to the market um, and any other comments that you have in terms of uh, what folks might be looking for Yeah, the perfect timing to start this analysis. If you are looking to apply in 2023, it's mandatory. If you are not looking for 2023, just 2024, it's really recommendable because you start educating your company, educating and understand your transactions and make the necessary adjustments during the calendar year 2023 as you can start 2024 already in compliance with the new guidelines. So that's something that we are offering to our clients and together with this analysis also uh, in-house training based on the results that we get from the from those assessments so we can educate we can train the team to understand what are their part on this new transfer pricing environment and make they are aware of any other transactions that may raise on 2023 that they needed to be alert for 2024 forwards Excellent. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in today. Uh, you can find Davi's contact information, my contact information, and the podcast details. We're really looking forward to hearing from all of you, and we're looking forward to tuning back in next week with our next installment. So thanks, Davi. Thank you, Seth. Bye-bye. Un abrazo. Un abrazo.